Welcome. Hey, this is Kevin Shinnick, writer of Star Wars Force Collector. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gekko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. To Star Wars Comics in Canon, the Force is strong with this one. Hello, friends. We are here with another day of Star Wars Celebration. Day three, specifically. And this day was a bit different because... Thank you. Uh, because myself and Megan were joined by our friend Mitchell, yeah, who just came for the day. Also known as Mitchell. Right. Um, no one calls him that, apart from Megan. So he, um, yeah, he joined us, and that was fun. And we very luckily had the lottery and got the entry to the panel today. So for Star Celebration, uh, you enter the lottery, and then you may have got a ticket to one of the main panels. You may have got several. We may have got none. And we were lucky enough to get one. And it Villains means of the sequels. Yeah, and it means uh, that you get essentially guaranteed entry to one of the major panels. And we've now been on every stage. We've seen the fan stage. No, there's one stage we haven't seen, which is the Holonet news stage. That's the only one we haven't seen. But that's one of the smaller stages. We've been to the fan stage. We've been to the university stage twice. We've been to the Twin Sun stage, which is one of the streaming ones. We've been to the Galaxy stage when it wasn't streaming, when it was the High Republic thing from last year. Um, last day, yesterday, oh, God damn. And then today we went to the celebration stage which is the big one and that's how we got the lottery for so that was a lot of fun so met up with mitchell and then uh went in and man having the lottery first thing in the morning such a difference it's one of the things where we got there at well we mike and i got there at nine mitchell was mitch didn't get there until like quarter past 20 past nine and then we literally just walked in yeah we were we were getting in before even the jedi masters were which is insane yeah. It was like, because normally you go in and you have to queue up and wait with everyone. And then at 10 o'clock, they start letting groups in. Like, bearing in mind, when we went on the Friday, we got there around nine and we didn't get in until about half 10. Yeah. Um, and then we got there at 20 past nine and we walked straight in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's what the Jedi Masters uh, could do as well, because Jedi Masters get let in like half an hour early they get access to all the panels and they also get a photo op and when I looked at the prices initially for Jedi Master it was already sold out by the time I looked at the tickets so I wouldn't have been able to get them anyway but I was like oh Jedi Master 750 quid that's that's quite a lot but to be honest although I probably wouldn't go for a photo op again next year no, so so you know granted that would have been a thing but like the photo op is basically 100 quid it depends on what one was included, though, because if it was like one of like you and or Hayden, I probably would have got that. But I imagine any of them would have been included. It doesn't specify. No, no, or it might have just. And been. at that point, the f- the photo people, like the people you can have pictures with, wouldn't have been announced yet anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So it was one of those things. I think it was seven hundred and fifty quid anyway, but it was plus I think VAT and other stuff. So I think it's about eight hundred quid. But that's four days uh, with a photo op. You get early entry, so you get in at half nine. You get access to every single panel in the morning, which, to be fair, would have probably been worth it in a lot of ways. That would or, have been cool. Or if there was no panels. Because, obviously, if you get in half an hour before, we actually managed to go and get a ticket for the signing of uh, Forbidden Planet. And then we still got into Celebration, and we still got the pretty good seats. So it was like, what it would mean is that if we were Jedi Masters and we got those extra tickets, yeah, it would cost, like, a grand and a half, which is a lot of money. Yes, it is. Um, but... 
oh, getting in that early would have been lovely and not having to queue up for panels or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to sitting in a queue tomorrow for two hours, I must no. admit. No. When we did it the other day, I, I think the problem is is that obviously last time we managed to play Sabak and we met people and it was fine, but I don't think we're going to be that lucky no. <laughs> tomorrow that we're going to meet somebody that's really cool again. So I think someone's about to knock the door because someone's ordered pizza in one of the things next to us. I saw some bloke walking, looking sheepishly. Yeah, I had to tell off some kids because... So this accommodation is really weird. Yeah. As Mike's, uh, I think, already mentioned, it's like an apartment that probably has been split into separate rooms. Yeah, like a house that seems as, to be As we said, four. either yesterday or the day before, the um, the room next to us is adjoining. It's just locked, so they can't get in. And the kids are so loud. And the kids are really loud. And also, they were fucking about outside in the little car park area i say little car park area it's literally four spaces like directly outside of the window like if we have the blinds open people in the street can just see us sat on the bed there is no table in this apartment Mm -hmm. it's a very very small studio apartment and um yeah they were fucking around with my car well they were sitting on it bouncing on the bonnet on my car so uh, children who are what like seven or eight sat unattended Outside the front of the house, like bouncing on and the I, bonnet of a I car yelled, that isn't theirs. Bloody yelled at them. Through the other window. Through the window. And then they scarpered. And I was like, if they do it again, I'll go speak to them. And Mike was like, I think you should anyway. So I went and knocked on the door and was like, they they were, they were didn't speak. So they spoke English, but it was quite um, broken. broken. Yeah. Um, and the parents seemed quite mortified that their children had been doing that. I think they were worried you were going to try and demand that you pay them. Yeah, like they haven't done anything to my car, but the kids, A, should know that not to be fucking around with other people's cars, but B... That loud bang was from upstairs or our neighbours, just yeah. to show how loud it is. But B, we're literally next to a road. Yeah. Like, anyone could take those kids. Like, mm. the parents went out there when they were messing around with my car, and their apartment's down a corridor as well, so they mm. weren't there to see. So, kids could have been taken, and B, they could have been hit by a car. Yeah, sounds pretty uh, annoying. It was really, really annoying. But, anyway, yeah, so we... The thing is, as well, is tomorrow is the Monday, and the Monday, I think, has had the least amount of tickets sold. It's got the least amount of panels that are going to be really interesting to people. Like, it's got a lot of... A lot of the stuff tomorrow is to do with, it's the Bad Batch is the main big panel. And then there's like some design, like behind the designs of Kenobi and the costuming, I think. And then also a lot of comic news. And comics are generally the least consumed content in the Star Wars galaxy. Well, it's either um, it was comics and then at the same time there's what going on? Um, on the celebration stage, there's something else going on. Yeah, I've got my little notepad here with uh, the details. Oh, Star Wars Visions Volume 2. Right. That's what it is. There's Marvel Comics, Stars Visions. And Visions is good, but like most of the people I know haven't seen Visions. Like, because it's kind of like it's animation, but it's even. Yeah, I mean, if it was between the two, I'd rather go see the Visions one because I don't really have any interest in comic books, but I know that you want to go to the comic book one. So. Yeah, if you were super, super into Visions, then I would kind of lean on that, but it's just because, you know, I, I love comics. I have a comics podcast, obviously. Uh, and with Visions, it's like you could take or leave Visions, Volume 1. You were like not... It was like two episodes I enjoyed. The rest of them I didn't really... Yeah, and you're not the biggest fan of anime. However, Volume 2 is going to be... It's, it's. I imagine what they'll do is... it'll Because it's coming out in like two or three weeks. I imagine what they'll do is show one or two shorts and then they'll reveal what all the names are and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we'll see about that. But, yeah, what we do... It's just tomorrow morning. It's kind of like, well, there's not as much to do really because we've kind of bought a lot of stuff we've, we've basically done it all like yeah. realistically i think three days would have sufficed yeah for the convention 
I think if we weren't with Mitchell today, it would have sufficed. But because obviously we were with Mitchell, we were like, we want to, apart from obviously I got to do uh, my signing and things, but like. Yeah, I mean, that worked out nicely because you got to go do your signing. Me and Mitch just went for a walk and just had some pictures with some people. And because yeah, Mitchell's more, he's both of our friends, but. I know Mitchell through Megan. Like, Megan's been friends with Mitchell longer than we've been together, like, yeah, years I've, before. I've known Mitchell since, like, 2016, I think. Yeah. So it's, like, seven, eight years. You know. Christ. Um, so, like, it was nice for them to go off, but I think if Mitchell... Because Mitchell was with us, we were like, okay, we want to show you, you know, all the panels and all this and all that. And, kind and of- also, like, want him to do what he wants to do because yeah. he's only there for the day. And we'd spent two and days And this, this was a gift from his girlfriend as a Christmas present. Yeah, that she coordinated with us. So we wanted to make sure, and he got a cool t-shirt, and obviously I went into the celebration Oh, did he buy a t-shirt? He bought a Max Rebo one. Oh, really? Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. know that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so um, it's one of those. Um but so we went to the villains of the sequel trilogy panel. That was banging. Um, really was surprised cool. how good that was. So it was Ian McDermott, who obviously plays Palps slash the Emperor, uh, Andy Serkis playing Snoke, and Gwendolyn Christie, who plays Phasma. I love Gwendolyn Christie, to be honest Same. with you. And this panel made me love her even more. She's so enthusiastic. She's so enthusiastic. Her laugh is amazing. She has, yeah, she has a, a proper cackle. cackle. Such a cackle. And then Andy Serkis is really like witty and funny he's very witty but Ian McDiarmid he's so frank and so dry I loved it and it was was fantastic because he was basically saying it was unplanned it was unplanned and kind of stupid that Emperor Palpatine came back yeah it's essentially what he was saying without saying it and everyone was like (laughs) laughing at it and he was like oh yeah well I guess Palpatine came back Again. And then he was like, convenient that this panel is happening on Easter Sunday, the day of resurrection. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, he was like, um, and he was like, oh, I didn't know about Palpatine coming back. Um, I got a call like weeks before and then suddenly it was happening. <laughs> but he was saying like, you know, we had to, um, no one on set even knew about it and they had to like hide him with umbrellas and things like that. And it was, it was quite funny. He was being open about it and he was being really entertaining, but like, that's the thing, the longest I've heard Ian McDermott talk. Mm. And he was like, he, he. His voice is Palpatine. Yeah, it is. And it's funny that, you know, Circus um, and Gwendolyn Christie were saying how amazing Ian is outside of Star Wars, but it's like, because of how iconic his roles are in Star Wars, I think I've only seen him in like one other thing. I actually don't know anything else that he's in. He's in a film, I'm pretty certain it's the film called Perfume, that's a, a weird one um, that he's in. And that's, I think, the only other thing I've seen him in. But he does a lot of stage stuff. And I think Andy Serkis used to do a lot of stage stuff as well. Mm. Um, and apparently the guy plays... Yeah, they look like thespians. Yeah, like I think the term is like Shakespearean actors, normally when they're British. Um, so it's like, you know, your Anthony Stewart heads, uh, your Anthony Hopkins, you know. To be fair, almost everyone in Harry Potter is a Shakespearean actor. Like the kind it's of people... It's not specifically Shakespearean. No, but the term is Shakespearean actor. Is it though? I'll double check. But because if you're a Shakespearean actor, surely you're acting in Shakespeare. Yeah, that's the point. Is is most British actors to yeah, be taken fine, seriously? That's another. Ones. Yeah, thespian is the same thing as someone who's an actor who works on stage, who does plays. Mm, that's fair. That's probably a, a better. A word Shakespearean for it. actor seems incorrect to me because that would indicate that they only do Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, thespian is an actor or an ac- actress, but the adjective thespian is relating to a drama or the theatre. So thespian talents. But if I type in Shakespearean actor, yeah, literally I type in Shakespearean actors list. First one, Sir Kenneth Browner. Second one, Sir Ian McKellen. Third one, Patrick Stewart. So it is, it is a term. Ralph yeah, Fiennes, that's, that's fine. Dame Judi Dench. That's fine, but... Bendit Cumberbatch. For example, the first one... Michael Gambon. For example, the first one that you said. Mm-hmm. Say his name. Um, 
the guy Bond. that plays Kenneth Brown, uh, Gilderoy Lockhart. Lockhart. Yeah, he was in a production of Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's it. There's as you're only allowed to do Shakespeare on stage at the Royal Shakespeare um, venue if you're basically classed as top actors in the UK. If you perform Shakespeare on stage in the UK at like a proper high end performance and you're a Shakespearean actor, that's basically the best honour you could have as an actor in the UK. I'm just so confused that a Shakespearean actor is a term of being an actor that just indicates to me that you perform Shakespeare. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, is that if you are... There's something called the Royal Shakespeare Company. Yeah, I know what if the Royal act, Shakespeare Company is. Yeah, if you is. act for that, you are classed as one of the best actors in... Like, that's the top... That's like the, the, the ceiling of well, acting. That's not strictly speaking true, because the Royal Shakespeare Company do touring things, and they also do children's productions of shows because right. I know people that have done child productions of oh, yeah, we went The Tempest saw, for example we saw a friend Tom Everett and things like that obviously it wasn't with that specific yeah but that's company. not that company anyway this is re- no but if you look on like I literally just googled Shakespeare and actor and there's lists and lists of it IMDB has a specific bracket of like Al Pacino is classed as a Shakespearean actor like, yeah, but has he acted in a Shakespeare production? I, I believe so. Okay, but anyway, this is just this is going on a tangent and but, it's going down a rabbit hole. That's yeah, not nothing to do with Star Wars. Like, um, but relevant to anything. Yeah, but the sequel trilogy panel was really cool. Hearing like how Gwendolyn Christie was like gunning for to be in Star Wars. She'd always loved Star Wars. She was like apparently hassling the uh, casting director and JJ when she could um, for when The Force Awakens was announced and that sort of thing, or when there was rumours of a new Star Wars film being made and those sort of things. So it was really cool seeing that and she was talking about the armour and what it was like wearing it and like they were all talking about what you have to do to yourself to really play like a villain role. And it was just really interesting. I really, And especially Ian McDermott where he was talking about like the differences between the Emperor and Palpatine in the prequels and uh, Palpatine in The Rise of Skywalker and hearing him say that there was meant to be another actor who's going to play Palpatine but he was like in his 70s and he couldn't deal with the contact lenses that were like necessary so he basically bailed. Oh, he said that's one of the things. He said there were other things that factored into it. Yeah, but that was the thing he cited and so he, Ian McDermott actually just became the Emperor kind of as a second, as a plan B and then obviously he's so iconic no one could imagine anyone else doing it and obviously if it was this chap who's 70 by the time the prequels came around he'd have been far too old to be palps um, but I really enjoyed that panel and you enjoyed it as well yeah yeah so then we you know we had a wander um, we did go to another panel which was on the university stage we fast forwarding quite a lot there what am I skipping over like the remainder of the day right what, what do you want to mention then well, you went and got stuff signed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the signing stuff isn't as exciting to listen to. But yeah, I, I, I got some more stuff signed by Kevin Scott and um, Nick Brokenshire. Uh, he also signed one of my graphic novels as well, which is quite cool. Um, but annoyingly, it said online that Daniel Jose Older and Claudia Gray would be signing stuff on Monday. But Daniel Jose Older was there and he said he wasn't going to be there tomorrow. So I specifically didn't take all my books I want signed by Daniel Jose Order today with me because obviously books are heavy. So that was a little bit annoying, but I did get to speak to him briefly and tell him I really liked him, his uh, voice work in his book, Last Shot, because he actually voices stuff in the audio drama of that. And he seemed really chuffed by that because I don't think many people say that to him. Um, and when I did that, you and Mitch obviously went off and wandered around the show floor and got a couple of cool photos and things. Yeah. And you saw some vendor being horrible to her. That was in the morning, yeah. Well, that was when I got the signing that's thing when, before Yeah, the that's panel. before we even went to the panel. We went 
we were just wondering while Mike was getting the ticket to get for the signing stuff, and we walked past a Funko Pop um, store. The official one. It was like a. It was no. It's not the official one. It was one of the random like vendors that's there. But I don't know what had happened. But this guy was just being an absolute dickhead to the other person that he was working with. He was like, get out of my sight. I've had enough of you. This is ridiculous. I don't want you here anymore. Just go away. And me and Mitchell were like, oh my God. He was saying it was such aggression. He just kept repeating himself over and over and over again. And then the guy looked at us like really awkward. And like the guy that who had been yelled at looked at us really awkwardly. And he was like, um, yeah, not in front of the customers. He was like, just calm down. He was like, just get out of my sight. And Mitchell and I were like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, okay, we don't want to shop at that panel then. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to buy a Funko Pop, but I'm definitely not going back there if I did think about it. No, no. Um, it's so unprofessional. Yeah, it was very weird. This was like 20 past nine in the morning. Yeah. Half nine in the morning. How can you be that angry? <laughs> you haven't sold anything. You're still setting up. I know. It's just so weird. Um, but we got some cool photos, you know, saw some more fun cosplayers. There's a great Grievous. There's someone as a Death Style that was quite funny. Um, look at that big Death oh, Style. Oh, yeah. Um, some Wookiees and stuff that were fun. Yeah. I mean, after Mitchell and I walked around, we came back and met you. And then at that point, you two had tickets to go into the light speed lane. Well, now you're skipping over stuff. <sighs> How am I? Because I, when I was waiting in the queue for the signing, which was before, because obviously that was then... I was waiting for the signing while yeah. you guys went off and I obviously met people in the crowd in the in the queue yeah, but so, that's your story to tell you were just jump, you were just jumping straight to the panel you weren't even going to mention that I, I was I was going to go back to it but <laughs> why because it's hard to think chronologically at a panel where we go in and out of the same room over and over again but I'm now looking at the photos so I can see the order of what go on then I can't tell my story you tell yours you can tell go your on story. then tell your story <laughs> so um I met a couple of people uh, in the queue. Um, it seems like no matter where we queue, we always end up talking to people. But obviously, I was just by myself. I didn't start any conversations, but people start conversations with me. So there were three people, and I only got one of their names. Um, but I did get their social media uh, handles as well. So I'll put those in the description. But it was quite fun just chatting with them and stuff. I got a photo with them. I put that on social media. As again, you know, check Instagram and Twitter and things, and you get to see all sort of my photos from uh, from this. Then me and Mitchell went to the, sh- the celebration store. We had the light speed lanes. So we just got straight in. Whereas I didn't have that. So while they were doing that, I went to a different area and queued up for a panel that was called Discovery. Discovering the Galaxy. Discovering the Galaxy in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So it was all about a woman who has brought the in America who has been teaching Star Wars in the classroom within an education setting. So that it's kind of like a cross between English and media studies mm-hmm. um and her schools allowed her to do it and it just sounded so fucking cool yeah um but mike and mitchell were going to try and get in afterwards if depending on how long it took but they actually managed to get there before the panel started so we all went in together which was really nice um and it was so good to be honest i think it was my favorite panel yeah the higher public i enjoyed it a lot my favorite panel because i'm a yeah, higher public stan i bloody love it but like Second was definitely that panel. That yeah. panel was fantastic. I, I was mesmerized by it. Just the in- the sheer amount of enthusiasm that the woman had that was hosting was just nuts. Alanis. Alanis. And like, I'm in my... I, I started my 
newly qualified teaching year in 2018. So I started in 2017 to be a teacher. So however many so years five that to is. six years. So five to six years of teaching. And I'm kind of in a lull at the moment about how I feel about it. And it kind of reignited some passion for it just by watching this woman just talk about how passionate she is about her profession and what she can do obviously it's completely different because she's able to teach star wars in a classroom and she obviously does teach other lessons that are not star wars related and she teaches other parts of the curriculum but it was just really cool and what's great as well is that she's not putting a paywall on it so when she's finished this academic year she's essentially just going to upload it all for free Mm -hmm. so if people want to use it they can so i'd be intrigued to try and turn it into like some sort of after school club but it's just seeing how plausible it would be yeah but it was really really cool yeah because i'm gonna aim to have on the podcast we exchanged details and stuff and we spoke to her afterwards and said how cool it was and i've followed them on social media and again i'll put details in the description um there's someone called alanis baumgartner and they are at not a kyber so Kyber, that's her personal one yeah that's the one for um social media handles and then there's discovering the galaxy which i think is the tiktok and youtube one where you can watch discovering watch the galaxy is her professional one right not a kyber is her personal account okay account. fine uh so those two and i'll put them in the description there are a couple of other people on the panel but she was like the main it was her idea it was her panel the other two people that were there were kind of people that have helped her along the way yeah who are very cool as well um and it was very interesting because she was basically using she said that in the she's from new jersey and she was saying that in the state she's in uh especially in this generation of kids just in the world literacy is becoming more of a problem because that's not just a thing in america as in in at the moment because of netflix and streaming and smartphones and all that sort of stuff kids right now aren't reading as much as they did when even we were growing up yes correct but it isn't just in america that is initiative to try and get people to read like at my previous school before I changed in September, their main goal was the focus on reading and encouraging people to read. And that is also a key focus of my current school. Yeah. It is a key focus of the vast majority of schools now. Um, so it's interesting to see that it is still, it's the same case in the States. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, understandably like, you know, where times are getting tougher and things, you know, a lot of parents may not have as much time to be able to really, parent their kids in some ways which is and a lot of parents think that it's the school's job to parent their kids yeah and to teach their kids anything and it's like you know they have to take care of the kids outside of school but they don't need to teach them anything about sex or life in general or anything else they don't need to parent as much that's not all parents obviously but with netflix and video gaming becoming much more of a thing and smartphones you know there's kids that you've that you teach and one of them you got them all in a uh, was it citizenship lesson or something to check the times they were spending on their smartphones no that was an it lesson but how long one of the kids said they were spending some ridiculous amount of hours on tiktok a day yeah six hours a day six hours a day that's what their average time was six hours a day and i was like i don't understand how you can be spending six hours a day on tiktok like if you consider that let's say you wake up at seven o'clock in the morning you're at school for half past eight so there's an hour and a half there of like just getting ready and having breakfast and whatever you're at school from half eight till let's say half three by the time you're actually out of school which is what seven hours yeah yeah. By, yeah seven hours and then realistically let's say they go to bed at like 10 mm-hmm. so half four half five half six half seven half eight half nine 
that's six and a half hours how the fuck are they putting in six hours a day obviously that's the average which means at the weekend they're spending a disgusting amount more time on tiktok so that averages out of that but it's just baffling to me yeah it's, it's one of those things that we've all obviously we are slightly we're getting older now we're no longer the young hip generation but obviously we grew up with we grew up and when we were kind of going into towards the end of secondary school going into college you know when around the age of 15 16 is when smartphones really started to become more of a thing and you know everyone has a degree of social media addiction in a sense i occasionally death scroll on reddit normally late at night when i'm like in bed um or megan sometimes death scrolls on instagram or facebook reels which it's is more that i'm just waiting for you than anything yeah, when scrolling. waiting for stuff or sometimes you know one in bed you kind of one of us will do it and then kind of the other one will do it and we kind of get stuck in a loop but it's not like hours and hours and hours you know i'd say i probably spend half an hour a day on reddit and you probably don't spend much more on that on like Facebook. My average or... daily time looking at my phone is about two and a half hours. Yeah, but obviously a lot of that is messages and And also and a lot of stuff. it is using my phone as Google Maps. Oh yeah, exactly. And mine is a lot of it's podcast and social media stuff to do with actually posting and promoting the podcast. So it's like and this sounds like such an old person thing to say, but if if they spent six hours watching YouTube or playing video games, I'd be like, Okay, that's not as excessive because there is a degree of long form content there. You know, video games can suck up a lot of time. So if you get background noises, there's the hairdryer in the room next door, which just shows because to show how thin the walls are. Um, but like TikTok, I don't think any of the videos on TikTok are more than like a few minutes. I don't know. I think it's seconds. I don't have TikTok. Yeah, nor do I. Um, I feel like I have to get it soon though, because every Star Wars content creator now has TikTok, so I feel like I'm going to have to do it. You know, I despise it, but it's like if you even said optimistically. A, a TikTok video is two minutes. Six hours of that. That's 30 videos in an hour, which once again, that's being optimistic. I've seen TikTok videos far shorter I've than that. I've seen TikTok videos that are like, like 10 seconds. seconds. So you think like, even if you said they watch 30 or 40 videos an hour, that is still, that's like hundreds and hundreds of videos. And that's just in like a day. And so you're like, are you looking online to see? Yeah, so over the years, TikTok lengths have increased from 7 seconds to 15 seconds to 3 minutes to 10 minutes. With that being said, the consensus is still that shorter videos perform better on TikTok. Right, so 10 minutes is really the longest 10 minutes video. is the absolute maximum, but realistically... It's a couple minutes. The, yeah. 30 it's normally minutes. less than a minute long. So you just think like... How much, how bad is that for kids, like, just spending six hours watching snippets of, like, 30 seconds things? That's, like, terrible for their... Well, especially the fact that TikTok's not even supposed to be on kids' phones. Yeah, it's maybe 14 (laughs) and older, I think. I think parents have been... I think TikTok have just... I can't remember. I saw something recently about TikTok getting into trouble about the age for kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, it happened with us with Facebook and things. It's meant to be 13, well, with Facebook, I think you're meant to be 14 or 16 when you had it. And you just asks you, are you over this age? And you just click yes and it's done. It's like, <laughs> that's, that's really not preventing anyone, is it? Um, but Because I remember when I was a kid, when I made a Facebook thing, it said, are you over this age? And I clicked no. And it said, well, you can't make an account then. So I just went back and then clicked yes. It was like, well, it's like when I've bought you cider online and it's like, are you over the age of 18? Yes what's your date of birth? And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to give you a random date of birth that I know is over the age of 18 if you're not over the age of 18, which well, obviously at this point I am. And now that we're in... By tw- a decade. <laughs> and we're in 2023. So it doesn't take anyone who's any good at maths to realise that if you just say 2000 or before, it's many years above that age. So all you do is just go the 1st of January 2000. Like, And it, it's one of those things where 
linking it with the reading thing is like I don't read as much uh, because of Star Wars I read far more than I have done like the last five to seven years I'd say I've read far more than I had from the probably seven or eight years prior to that around my teenage years when I went into college and things which was around the time that you know obviously I was playing still playing a lot of video games but that was when blu-rays and dvds were happening a lot and when i was like getting in relationships and being able to socialize and have my own life so i wasn't really and especially during college and things started to drink and etc so it was like i wasn't reading as much but when i was younger i used to read constantly i used to read to like two in the morning and my parents used to like go to the toilet late at night and then like yell at me for staying up late reading like yeah, same. i used to read way more so it's this literacy oh, thing got off on a tangent no i know it's i'm looping it back so this literacy thing is quite a problem across the world and it's it's amazing that someone can use something like Star Wars to really help kids be excited about reading again mm. and delving deep. And it's showing that English, like one of the things that, um, I do apologize, I keep mispronouncing her name, Alanis or Alanis. Um, one of the things she said was like getting kids excited about school and wanting to learn. And like they want to use techniques used in normal English classes, but you just apply it to, instead of it being about Shakespeare or um, like Jane Austen or like poetry or things, you use it on Star Wars and you can use it in so many different ways of interpretation and characters and all kinds of stuff. So it's just, it's just changing like the case study you use, but using the same techniques. And that kind of idea is like, we need more kids. Like Shakespeare's important. Don't get me wrong. But even when I was in school, Shakespeare was such a bore. And I was in like one of the top, I was in the top set for English and all of us hated it. Because it, the lessons were so boring. And Shakespeare can be interesting, but it's like, there needs to be some other stuff See, to keep people interested. to you from that, because I enjoyed learning about Shakespeare at school. I think you're in the minority. No one, I'm not saying no one did yeah, but like you went to a different school to me, so. Oh, agreed. And yeah. you had a different teacher, so it's a completely different learning environment. True, true. Um, but yeah, it was just really interesting hearing this person talk about teaching. So I'm hoping to get them on the podcast and things and discuss it in more detail, because it, it was such an interesting panel. It was really, really good. Um yeah, so that was sort of the the two main panels we saw today, and then uh, that's yeah. more or less it. I bought you a comic book. Yeah, you bought me an amazing variant cover with Marquion Rowe on the front um, for the High Republic, which I'm incredibly chuffed by. I got you this really cool Dagobah tea towel. Yeah, that's really fun. You must go to the Dagobah system. You must go find Yoda. Yeah. Um, I saw a Yoda cosplayer today. Yeah, I saw that. I was he was waiting in a queue for the droid. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There were some amazing cosplayers again today. Mm. Some really oh, we got a photo with Hondo and Aka. Got a photo with Hondo. I have got a photo with a Gamorian guard. Yep. Um, I also got a photo with a Mon Calamari. Yep. It was an Admiral Akbar. It looks a bit like Radis. Who's in Rogue One? Yeah. I also. I also got a picture of somebody else. Oh, I got a picture with a Mandalorian and a little Grogu, which was wearing Mandalorian armor. Yeah, that was very cute. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was It was a fun day. It was a fun day. But I think, I mean, Star Wars Celebration isn't happening in 2024, but it's going to be happening in 2025. And I suspect it'll be in America again. So when the earliest we're going to get Star Wars Celebration in either the UK or Europe, if we're lucky, is going to be 2026 or 2027 yeah which is several years away and we're nearing our 30s and we're going to start you know trying to have a family and stuff over the next few years so by the time star wars celebration 
comes back because we're not going to go to America to do Star Wars Celebration. Like, it's, it's just too much money. I mean, we're planning on going to America in 2024. If they had Star Wars Celebration while we were out there, we would have considered going. Probably only for a day. But if but... it's then in America in 2025, we're not going to be able to justify spending the money to go back out to the States to solely go to Star Wars Celebration. No, so. the convention's expensive enough when it's literally in the UK and mm-hmm. adding flights to that is it's the the amount of people who went who from America went there's there. a lot of Americans so surprised I don't know how and a lot of German people yeah but conventions are becoming very evident from this time because obviously I went to Star Celebration seven years ago it is the epitome of capitalism and it is like well it's just extortion it's so much money so much money like everything costs a fortune but even like people that are getting food there, like we planned and we brought all of our food with us. We've mm-hmm. spent zero money on food apart from a coffee. Yeah. Um, we've spent absolutely nothing at the Excel Center. And we um, worked out, didn't we? Where'd but we like realistically, we'd be st- spending minimum £15 each. Probably two meals, wouldn't we? Each day. Realistically, we'd probably have to get some sort of snack. And then you're just waiting in queues for stuff that's completely unrelated to the whole purpose that you're there so yeah yeah i i can't justify spending the amount on tickets plus accommodation plus travel and then also having to spend money on food while we're there it's just and merch and if you want anything else as well it's, it's well yeah that's the thing so I, I don't know how people afforded it um i think a lot of the young americans lived at home and i think that's how they afforded it which is they've got jobs and things and well they don't it's also feels- that some people save up their money specifically for this because yeah. this is their main hobby and that's what they want to do with it and that's absolutely fine of course yeah no judgment for me i'm just like it, it costs so much so next time star Wars celebration happens and we'll be able to attend if all goes to plan it's likely we're going to have kids and- so we're going to dress them up like ewoks huh. well i think if i nearly bought a grogu costume for <laughs> willow today but the only size that they had left was large and it would have been too big for the dog and that was when you were with mitchell while i was it was when i was signing, with mitchell so I couldn't talk it, it wasn't that expensive it was only 16 pounds i thought that was actually fairly reasonable i am never going to condone you buying willow a grogu outfit. but she'd be so cute but she would hate it you don't know that so hot megan she, let's not lie she hates wearing anything she doesn't hate wearing t-shirts she doesn't hate it. The one hoodie we've put her in, the little dog hoodie, she doesn't mind. But even a coat, she doesn't really like wearing a coat. She hates wearing hats. She's like, just grumpy. And also, that's quite thick. It'd make her so hot. Oh, my baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, co- conventions are expensive. Be aware that if you go to a convention f- for a day, realistically, you need to take a minimum 50 quid. But I'd probably say it's... If you want to buy like some comics, some books, some like anything else... You're probably going to have to take like 70 quid with you per day. So I think that if we did it again in the future, if we have kids and stuff, I'd probably just have one day, maybe two. I think two days would be all right yeah. if, if we had kids. But I'm just like, there were some people who had like really young kids. And I'm like, I don't know how you could have a baby in a panel. I mean, there was a baby in the panel and whoever, the mum or the dad had to take it out because it started to cry towards the end. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like the convention was anxiety inducing at times just for us to. Just just maneuvering around walking is insane, let alone so having to maneuver with a pushchair as well. It's just, um, it's a bit, I, I, I would find it difficult, I think. Yeah, especially with a baby or something, something that's so fragile. Like it, when we're walking in the crowd, it's like. Yeah, there were some proper fresh babies as well. And there were loads of pregnant women. Loads of them. I saw like at least 12 just today. <laughs> Which is fine, but there were some women that were heavily pregnant. Yeah. And it w- if it were me, I'd be like, oh, I'm bloody knackered. There's no way that I would want to traipse around a convention heavily pregnant, but I guess. Well, you pay for it, like we were saying, like, because we bought these tickets in July, I think, and it's now April. 
So yeah. they might have got pregnant like just before yeah, tickets. Yeah, of course. So, or even just after. But yeah, it's 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 mental. Um, and I, I, last thing about the pregnancy thing, I, I wouldn't personally want to go around a convention because there's so much pushing and shoving. I'd be so worried about. Mm. But loads of great cosplays, um, some great merch again, lots of cool stuff. It's great for a Star Wars fan, but you, you really need a lot of money. Um, but yeah, so we'll do another one of these. We're probably tomorrow. We were planning on staying at the accommodation tomorrow, but because everything around us is so loud, um, we just want to be home. Well, yeah, it's not so much that everything was so loud. Before everything started getting loud, we already had this idea. Annoyingly, it's not annoying. I I imagine, well, when I booked the accommodation, I didn't realise that the final day, which is obviously the Monday, would finish at 5pm. And nor did I. I should have picked up. I assumed that everything would be the same amount of time, so I just booked the accommodation for an extra night so that we could come back from Star Wars Celebration, chill out, sleep, and then head out early the next day. But we're actually going to go to Star Wars Celebration, come back, pack up, and just head home so that we can A, sleep in our own bed, B, get back to the dog sooner, Mm -hmm. and then C, yeah, it it has been quite noisy the past couple of nights because... We have people with babies and, well, not babies, but kids next door, so. And we couldn't even, and on Tuesday, we wouldn't be able to get up early to leave because of rush hour London traffic. So realistically, we'd have to actually kind of yeah, wait it makes until more like sense. nine or 10 yeah. before leaving. It makes more sense for us to leave slightly later on the Monday evening so that we can avoid traffic as opposed to getting up early Tuesday morning. Yeah, exactly. So we may record a thoughts of this in the car tomorrow just to let yourselves know but thank you friends for tuning in as always hope you've enjoyed this high republic high republic the star Wars celebration coverage including the high republic check out stuff on social media at genuine chit chat for lots of photos and things like that of me and of megan and uh yeah we'll speak to you very soon bye may the force be with you may the force be with you You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.